Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to Comadres y Comics. This is episode 78. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hello, I, as I mentioned earlier, yes, I am dying a slow, excruciating (laughs) death from the inside out, I believe. My insides are cooking as we speak. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, man. It's It's the death of summer, baby, and she's going out and she's taking us all out with her. Yeah, and I was just telling somebody, who knows who, the (laughs) other day, like, oh my gosh, this summer has been so weird we've had june gloom may june july it's been like cool honestly and, and like so nice and then look what happened i know <laughs> this is why i don't know so what you're out. saying is you drink stuff <laughs> yeah pretty said. much it's <laughs> tu culpa and oh the thing is is that uh it's southern california 80 degrees is not that bad 80 84 which is around where we've been the last couple of days but yeah, the no. humidity, Ew. like the humidity, like I signed a contract somewhere. I, I'm, I think it was my million dollar rent contract that said, yes, I agree to pay this much rent a month so that I have good weather year round. Like that's oh. what happens when you move to California. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> this it's a contractual is a direct obligation. violation of my contract. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not like it's just hot. It's also the sun kind of like crisps you. As soon as you step out, you're like, your little hairs on your arms start to like, like burn <laughs> off your skin. It's like, oh, geez. Like, oh, it's awful, awful. I hate, I hate the heat. It makes me angry. It makes me cranky. I hate it. Yeah. It just makes me drowsy. Same. I I would legit just be on my, on my bed right now. Yeah. It's a... Uh, well, last night I woke up at 2 a.m. and it was 70 degrees and the humidity was like a million and there was no breeze coming in through the window at all and I couldn't sleep. And so this morning I woke up cranky and then I slept for a couple more hours and I woke up like at 1030, which the irony of waking up and then falling back asleep and then waking up more tired is just so it's awful i hate it because of the heat i fell asleep around 3 a.m when it became like actually like some degree of tolerable to fall asleep Uh and then uh i woke up at 12 because once again the heat got so much it woke Uh, me up yeah and i was just like you know what f this midday shower Yes, I took a shower about an hour ago, and it was nice and refreshing mm-hmm. and cool while I was in it. But the moment I stepped out was just like, oh, all over again. So sticky and hot. And so that is the long story of to how we are doing today. <laughs> it in makes this sense. California weather. Oh, uh-huh. The heat of a thousand suns. Yeah. Well, I'm keeping cool. I'm drinking this um, michelada. It's a michelada, a michelada mix. Mm-hmm. And this is the guy who delivers it to me. We just opened a new bottle. Is he local to Southern California? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. Yes. Nice. He usually starts delivering uh, on a Saturday morning, like around six in the morning. He'll leave it on your porch. And you could just um, 
you could just zoom or Venmo, uh, Venmo, I'm sorry, you could just Venmo him. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the beer I'm going to drink today is Para Mi Gente. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a Mexican lager by Beer Thug Life and Indie Brewing Company. Nice. So I'm very excited because uh, I do not like lagers at all. Um, Man, he I, really is like just like really collaborating with a bunch of beer companies. Yeah, he's doing a really great job. I mean, and I think he's working on another can release coming out pretty soon. Oh, nice. Oh, that's great. So, so well, I enjoy lagers and pilsners, especially on hot days like this, because they're light, they're refreshing, they're not heavy. Like an IPA today would A, be heavy in my tummy, and B, put me to sleep. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And get you hot, because once right. you have that first beer, you get all... <laughs> You get all warm and stuff. Uh -huh. I hate mm -hmm. that. That's the only I really, thing about beer. I that really is, wish I had um, um a mango cart with me right now. Oh uh, yeah, because um, a couple weeks ago I actually bought a six pack because they have them at Target. Uh, oh yeah, they do. Yeah, and so I was just like, oh, I'll just spread it out. I didn't spread it out. I drank <laughs> five bottles, <laughs> and I gave one to my dad. Uh huh. Did he like and it? So, it was yeah he did he really yeah. liked it but Good. i i didn't mean to but i just drank five of them because you can barely they're notice easy to drink yeah they're super easy to drink they're super refreshing mm -hmm. and um by the fifth one i was just like oh yeah i'm a little boys <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think they're selling them in tall cans now the mango carts oh really oh yeah i think i saw them I at uh, cvs in the tall cans now oh nice so yeah. how's the michelada with para mi gente it's Freaking delicious. Nice. It looks, it, looks, it looks so good. Do you have ice in there? Yes. Okay. That's the part that looks good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the whole thing is just really great. Like, Yes. That's awesome. It looks good. And I am not, you know, I am not a fan of micheladas, but my mouth is actually watering looking at that right now. <laughs> what does his, if you don't uh, mind my asking or if you even know, what does his michelada mix uh, consist of? Does it say on the bottle? Um, it doesn't, but I think if you go like on his Facebook, I think it gives you the ingredients. Everything's natural. He mixes everything and then he bottles it. Okay, and it's, what is it? Misalada? Uh, misalada. Okay. Michelada mix. Okay, and he has an Instagram, you said? Yes, uh, uh, because his name is Misael, so he calls it mis misalada. Oh, okay. And then Mr. Michelada mix. So it, it's uh, it's kind of like a little play on words as far as the name of the of the mix. But I really like uh, this little kind of charro outfit it has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And check out my nails, courtesy of <laughs> Color Street, courtesy of Geek Girl Nails. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. I would, I, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe ordering some and trying it because it's, it's actually you drinking it. It looks so nice and refreshing and it makes my mouth water. <laughs> I usually have chamoy on the rim, but uh, we ran out of chamoy. So, uh, yeah. oh, well, I saw chamoy the other day somewhere and I was like, oh, I want that just to have it. But now I don't remember where I was. I bought one, a bottle. It, um, I threw it away because it was, uh, there for so long, but my original thought was to make um, mangoneadas, 
So yes. I was gonna cut a bunch of mangoes into little squares, get that um that kind of fruit nectar. What I forgot what it the what the brand is, but it's like a you could get the mango flavor. Put uh -huh. it in a cup, put the chamoy all at the bottom with a little bit of chili, uh, the diced um mango, and then the uh, nectar, the fruit nectar of mango. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you currants, right? Currants. Currants, yes. And then yeah. you freeze oh, yeah. it. And then you have a, a mandolina. Oh, yes. Ooh. That sounds great. I know. That's a great idea. Yeah. And every time I think I'm going to do it, then I, I have something missing, either the mangoes or the nectar or, in this case, the chamoy. So I'm like, oh, I got to get it together. But when I'm, <laughs> oh, when I make one, I will share you that, the pictures with you guys so you guys can make one too. Yes. They're really delicious. Oh, yeah. Super delicious. Okay. All I right, guys. To it. Yeah, definitely. So, guys, uh, let's just go right into it. Chisme de la semana. What's going on with that cheese, Nick, Kristen? Okay, so this week there has been cheese coming out left and right, like pictures. Please do tell. I want it. Listeners, picture me with finger guns, and it's. <laughs> 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 Or, or, um, and it's all coming from DC Comics. Wow. So, of course. Unless, uh, in case you have not heard, uh, Warner Brothers, who is the parent company of DC, did a huge layoff. Um, was it Whoa. the beginning of last week or the end the beginning of the week of last prior? Week. But yeah, so, I mean, people at the top echelon of DC were let go. And um, so that just really began just a, a wave of like um, people wondering what's going on and you know, their cheese little <laughs> bubbles popping up everywhere and what's gonna happen. Um, the uh the dc direct um the toy, the line. toy line was completely just decimated just gone just they shut it's it dismantled. down it's just they, they said no more are yes. you serious yes mm -hmm. what the hell and they actually produced some pretty okay um uh, action figures um um they were there were some or like not all right the action figures were kind of ugly the statues <laughs> on the other hand were actually pretty well made uh-huh so, uh, wait, uh, were those, um, uh, what's the, the one that, um, came out, they were DC, they were DC characters, it was Batman, Superman, I think there was a Superman, and they were made as, um, uh, wrestlers? Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, yes. Yes, we talked about um, them. Yeah, mm -hmm. actually, that was, that was canceled. Oh, were yes. they? Yeah, well, yeah, they were based mm -hmm. on they were based on the artist that I always say. Oh, his art is so horrible. Um, um, I yeah, love No, 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 no. That, no, the dude that <laughs> the dude that always has the weird square jaws. Oh, Frank, like, Miller? Um, uh, Frank Miller. Yes, thank you. I was like, why can't I remember his name? He's like this huge artist. Yes, mm -hmm. Frank Miller art. They were <laughs> they were based on his art. Um, I I really wanted the Batman one as a luchador, um, but. The Wonder Woman one was so ugly, so horrible. His his cover of the art was so disturbing. <laughs> um, I, but anyway, I don't even icon, know. Yeah. I don't even know if that was DC Direct or not, but it just made me think about that. I but, think it was DC Direct. 
So we even have, um, I say we, Eddie and I have friends who work for DC, but like at the lower levels, they do social media and stuff like that. And they were just like, we have no idea what's going on. Like, we don't know if our boss is fired and uh, if, if, if he was or she was, we don't, we haven't heard anything. Like there was just like no communication whatsoever of the people who were underneath the people who got fired. Oh so, my God. so then um, that happened. And then a few days later, like uh, two days ago from today, today's a Sunday, uh, DC, um, Jim Lee, the, the main editor in chief dude now, uh, publisher, comes out and uh, says, we're cutting DC Comics. We're cutting monthly titles by what? 25%. Well, why? Excuse me. Excuse me. Yes. What? We're I didn't know DC that one. Titles. Mm -hmm. 25% of DC monthly titles are going to be cut. And so, um, and in this, in this um, statement that he makes, um, he talks about um, how digital is basically the route they're going to take, um, that they feel that digital really um, opens up um, the door to readers and that it, there's no barriers of access and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, so um, there is really no reasoning given behind why a lot of this stuff is happening but all you know people are surmising that Warner Brothers is looking at their bottom lines and they're looking what arms of their companies are profitable and it's no surprise and I don't think it comes to a shock as a shock to anybody that print comics is not that big of a, a profitable thing when it comes to Warner Brothers who has all these other you know movies and tv huge shows and all that stuff yeah huge franchises like dc comics makes more money for them in movies and tv shows than it ever will as a comic book so mm. um so anyway there's just like uh the uh, november solicits to um these aren't all the books but some of the books that are going to be ended are Young Justice, Teen Titans, oh, shit. John wow. Constantine, Hellblazer, Hawkman, and Suicide Squad. So wow. um, the November solicits, so um, it's not previews anymore because they're not a part of Diamond. And, and that, let's not forget that in the middle of the pandemic, DC pulled out of Diamond. Um, mm -hmm. the main comic book distributor, the only comic book comic distributor, book distributor yeah. pulled it, pulled out and went with two other distributors that for all intents and purposes, they're not distributors, they're online retailers and they, who, who distribute on the side, it's their side hustle. Um, and so they are, <clears throat> um, no longer part of diamond which as a retailer uh, let me tell you that it was a cluster f trying to figure out how to do all this stuff with two weeks notice nonetheless wow um yep. and figure yep. out how to first of all figure out how to apply then figure out once you are approved how to put in your orders um and then figure out um once 
you're ordered how to get them into your POS system because um, when you are with Diamond, everything just gets you know put into the POS all through one um, CSV file. So now we had to figure out how to do a, or CSV, CSG, I don't remember. But anyway, some file that you have to import. And so now we had to figure out how to do it from another distributor. And then the first week, because our orders were put in late, because, you know, not only were we in the middle of a pandemic, but also, you know, shit was happening at the store. We got looted, all this kind of stuff. And so we got in our orders a little late. The very first week that DC books were slated to come out, we didn't get any. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and then when we tried to, once we, you know, we're kind of like figuring stuff out, we tried to reorder them for our customers and they were not available. So it's about, it's been about four weeks now that we've been um, trying to get with the program. <laughs> and um, uh, some weeks are, are books scan and some weeks they don't because some weeks the, the, the file that we get sent just doesn't like um, work. We don't know why we're trying to figure that out. And I'm not blaming that on anybody, just uh, could be a user error, but um, it's just an extra little thing that now you have to figure out because change. And not gonna lie people, like I hate change. So. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody does, everybody doesn't want to, to learn it or are angry that they have to learn it. And that even delays the whole thing even more. So, I mean, yeah. it just, it's, ah. Uh, did they even say why they pulled out a diamond? Um, at the time, they didn't. Um, and some cheese behind all the things that were going on in the background, um, they actually appeared to um, have lied about even pulling up from diamond from the beginning because um, there was a previews that was released that didn't have any DC in it whatsoever. And when retailers started asking questions, where is you know, where are the solicits for this previews? They came out and made an official statement that said, oh, we just got our, um, our stuff to, uh, out too late. And um, it, it was too late past the deadline for previews to be published. And so we missed it. Wow. So, yes, they, they came out and said that. And so everyone was like, what the hell how am i supposed to order and so obviously they knew that this was happening um and they decided to not say anything and um there's been um guesstimations and and people you know just um making guesses about what is going on ever since that happened way back when and basically every people who are you know coming up with theories of why this is happening is that they want to go towards digital um and because digital the cost is you know super um not i mean you still have to pay your artists and stuff like that but um you're cutting the cost of print and all that kind of stuff and distribution and everything and so um and for something that to the big wigs at the top doesn't seem like it's worth it um it, it could seem like a very good idea to them to do that however i don't i think there's a huge part that is missing with that um 
not that theory, but with that line of thinking, like there are so many people who start with digital, but because they read digital want to come and buy the in hand product and read a comic book. I mean, look at um, uh, what was it? Um, Kindle and all those like they were like, oh, we're, you know, we're going to take over the world. But there was such a large percentage of people that are like, like, maybe I'll look at it on the on the Kindle or whatever. But no, I want a physical copy of the book in my hand and not to mm -hmm. mention the whole collectability of of a uh, single issue comics, comics. Yeah. so um i mean i'm not going to say that there's not a problem with uh getting comics every other weekend and the price is seven freaking 99 um and, and you know because i mean comics can be pretty expensive and um i definitely even, even as a retailer who is is selling them i completely understand that and you know as a retailer i'm paying uh, sixty percent of that upfront. So you know, I understand comics can be expensive, but um, I think that people aren't also. When I say people, that you know, the people making these decisions, like you got to give credit where credits due. And a lot of their successes with these movies and with these TV shows come from the source material from these print comics. So. Um, I just think it's a it's it's a change that people have been talking about for a very long time. Um, who knows what's going to happen on Marvel's side and how they're going to react? Because you know, uh, if you haven't heard the term "big two, big two refers in the comic book industry to the two main publishers, um, DC and Marvel Comics, and DC, with one of the big two making this huge drastic change, it can only bring upon questions of what is Marvel gonna do? Absolutely. They, one always responds to the other in yeah. what they do since their inception mm -hmm. uh, of when they were created. So it, it'll be interesting to see what Marvel does. And after that, they basically have set the market for, the, for everything else from indie, independent comics to hell even conventions and shit like that so we'll see where it goes but that is that is some juicy ass cheese man oh my god it was um, <laughs> it it's it's huge like i mean canceling their titles getting rid of staff i mean that's just insane yeah and the thing is like for instance it, it's it's i think it's the thing to worry about because the animated part of dc dc and warner brothers uh, adapts the comic books into right. the animation. So mm -hmm. I wonder, I mean, they do have a lot of content, of course, from the years and years and years, but uh, that this is just, it's, it's a little devastating, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, oh, sorry, go ahead. Cause I'm always the girl that says, you know, when I'm at the movie theater, I'm like, hail DC, you know? And, and <laughs> now I feel like, I feel like I can't even say that anymore. Like, <laughs> I feel disappointed and hurt, DC. Well, I think that, and don't forget, um, just to turn the knife a little bit more, Sandman is a DC property. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> yep. When you said Hellraiser, <laughs> I was, Yeah. Yeah, this is including Vertigo and all of the DC imprints. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that um, they're definitely 
was a change necessary to the comic book industry. Um, and Especially concerning Diamond. Diamond has yes. had a stranglehold on yes. the comics distributing side. Absolutely. And, um, uh, DC, at first when DC said like, oh, we're going to start distributing our own, I was, I was kind of excited to see how they go about it. But then they botched it. And I was just like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, such a huge change in the middle of a pandemic during a time when retail stores are struggling because you know there are some uh states in the country that were not affected as much as for say we were because we actually had to shut down for a good portion of time between mm -hmm. march and may and um we're only able and allowed to do curbside but there were some retailers that we know of that we're, we are friends with that didn't have to shut down ever at all. They were just going right along. And so um, to make such a huge change where already there were a large portion of people who were being affected by the pandemic uh, and um, not sure what their future was going to bring. And then to just add this other thing on top, it's like, it's like just adding one more like natural disaster. Like your your town is already flooding, and here comes a freaking tornado kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just let me deal with one, you know, drama, trauma, you know, thing at a time. At a time. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so you know, trying to do all that. Um, so I don't deny that change, as much as I hate it. Um, is sometimes necessary. And for being a retailer, I can see a lot of places in the industry where change needs to happen because some of the systemic um, things that are set up in this industry have been around since the inception and haven't changed. And mm -hmm. so much in our society and community has changed that there is just a disconnect. Um, yeah. So um, I do believe that that change is necessary, but um, I also believe that um, it, there is a way that it can be done so that retailers and people who, who have the passion and do this work, because obviously they don't do it to get rich, um, are not left behind because a lot of the changes that DC has made has completely disregarded the retailer. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that's terrible to do that to retailers. They are the people who sell your stuff. Yeah, you know, so uh, badly done, DC. Badly done. That totally so, sucks, man. Totally. That's sucks. my cheese, man. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. It's yeah. really juicy too. And now we're gonna review some books. And I say yes. some books because we are reviewing uh, first issues of three different, three different comic. No, four different comic books, right? No, three. Three. Three, three okay. different comic books. Oh, got it. Okay. Did, did you read a fourth and hide it from us? I know. I'm like, we're, yeah. uh, <laughs> maybe my, no my notes are too, are too big here. Um, so Jen, let us know what we're reviewing first. So uh, first we will be reviewing Messenger by Dummy Comics Inc. And it was uh, created by Israel Carabello Jr. Written by Kay Carabello and interior art and cover by Jim Kyle. And it was edited by Chrissy Torres. Um, remind me where we got this one from? 
That actually was an acquisition from Nertino in Pennsylvania. Uh, okay. I actually met um, Kate Caraballo mm -hmm. and his wife. Um, and they were really nice. And they had, a, uh, I think, about four or five comic books on their uh, table. But this is the one I actually bought. Okay. What was their pitch to you that um, made you decide to buy it? Uh, what made me decide to buy this book was uh, he said it's going to be a one-shot comic. Oh. Uh, so uh, I think it's going to be like three or four issues and that's it. Uh, but That's not uh, the definition of a one-shot comic. But, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did Maybe I don't remember correctly, but I think he said one-shot, but I can't remember. It's been so long. It's been over a year. It's almost almost going to be a year. But um, the thing that stood out to me about this comic book was because I like the fact that it's in black and white, but because he said that the person who created the, the story was his dad and he oh. wrote it out mm. as a comic book. So his dad came up with the story. So it was kind of like a father son collaboration, which I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. That's why I got this book. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there a brief little uh, synopsis on the comic, Jen, at all? Um, there isn't. There, there's no synopsis at all. It just opens. Uh, and it opens with, uh, have you ever created something that once brought you joy, but now is an utter disappointment? I can't stand the mere sight of it anymore. And the picture is of um, uh, in space and it's earth right. and um, uh, you can see the moon. And then it has messenger number one, when God comes. Um, I'm going to be frank here. I didn't like it. <laughs> I, no, I, I didn't like it. Don't be Go frank. Ahead. I like you as Jen. <laughs> <laughs> it's my husband. <laughs> Um, not, I do like the idea of his dad being the one who created it, um, uh, and him writing it out as a comic book. I think that's very sweet. Um, um, but it felt, I don't it just rose a lot of questions in me. The premise of the book is that God is disappointed with humanity again, uh, and he, uh, wants to destroy it again. And he uh, is sending a messenger, an angel, like war or wrath or whatever, uh, repentance. Uh, they never really clear that up. Uh, to deliver his message to humanity to change or be smited. Um, again. Uh, and that's what I Yeah. <laughs> and also, okay, okay. When, uh, also, I think he was told to build an army. I'm oh, yeah, sure. and to build an army. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. An army of what? We don't know. Um, uh, but just an army or whatever. Is your army going to be humans? Is it going to be other angels? Is it going to be like, I don't know, the creatures of the earth or whatever rising up against humanity? I don't know. That would have been interesting. Uh, if 90s we emo kids. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Or people like me. <laughs> but, um, and I say again, because this is a story that I think we, all those of us who were raised with any modicum of religion know is the tale of Noah's Ark uh, mm -hmm. told again and about the promise that uh, that uh, God would not destroy uh, humanity via flood again, but it's implicit that he could destroy it again via some other manner. Um, 
the thing is, I've read stories like this. Is shit, Supernatural did a story about this that was told actually pretty well uh, from it. It it just read, it's just it just felt so antiquated to me. I uh, there wasn't anything new. I wasn't surprised by anything. I was just like, okay, uh, we're going more Old Testament style God here than anything. Um, and but it also. While I was reading it, I couldn't help but be asked questions of like, okay, so what about people who don't believe in God as the Savior, the Christ, the, the one and only, the one and only true God, and all that stuff? What about them? What about uh, the different factions of Christianity? Uh, I know they specifically uh, tackled evangelicism and um, um, uh, like a uh, terrorism of uh, in the name of the Lord and stuff like that. But they also kind of inf- um, uh, conflated islam and terrorism which one kind of racist no you know what no pretty racist yeah and pretty uh pretty kind of christian focused but also it it was kind of like um okay so then what is the one true form of christianity and if you say catholicism i call bullshit um uh, (laughs) uh so i was just i just had all these questions that i was just all like Okay, so one, you're really super focused on, uh, on you know, Christianity being the one and only true religion, which, first of all, one, that's a super philosophical question that has been going on since the creation of religion and faith and all that stuff. And the answer is, no one fucking knows. Uh, it's literally what you believe in. Um, but you're telling me that it's, you know, it's God. Uh, okay, like, sure. Like, I still, like, I... Um, personally, I'm still of the faith. I'm just not, I just don't consider myself Catholic anymore uh, or don't really associate myself with that anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's, but I, I have the intellectual knowledge to know that other people believe other stuff. And that's what this all really comes down to is belief. Mm-hmm. We have no concrete evidence. And other, other people might say, yeah, we have, yeah, I, I've, I felt the Lord. Yeah, you know what? I'm, in some form of manner, I have too. And that's why I believe. But other people haven't felt that. So it's, I, it, I, I don't know. I just maybe conflated a lot of my issues with religion and with Christianity with this book. And so, and that really stopped me from really enjoying it. Mm. Um, um, so I just, I, I just had all these questions that are questions that I've always had, but I just caught a, a little indignant at this book, kind of telling <laughs> me like, hey, this is what it is. And I'm just like, no, it's not. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I got I got super heated in the moment right yeah. there. But that's that's how I felt about this book. I don't know well, about how you guys. Uh, that's fair. Uh, and to be honest, I did not go deep at all. I was reading the book. I was like, oh yeah, we are in the middle of a fucking trash fire. Send it whoever it is that you want to send and kill them all. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this book i was like this is awesome yes kill that one too <laughs> yes no, that's, so, yeah that's fair so i actually enjoyed it <laughs> that, that level of reading it which i was very surprised because um obviously it was religious based i'm not religious at all i was raised catholic but um mm-hmm. i have identified as an atheist since high school and yeah. so i um I was just like, yes. I mean, in the middle of what we are going through right now with this, with this, 
election coming up and all the craziness with the USPS and the voting and, and, and just all this. I'm like, you know what? I'll fucking take one for a team. You know what? Wipe us out and start over. Fair. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, if I could have just beat breeze through it like that and not started asking questions, I'd probably been like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we deserve it. Let's, let's fucking go. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I got to agree with Kristen. I, I also read it in a purely entertainment uh, basis. It reminded me a lot of like the movie, The Seventh Sign, um, which was very religious based. Yes. Uh -huh. uh, also like uh, The Warlock had some religious kind of stuff too. Um, that one Vampire 2000 one where uh, he was really Judas. Dracula was really Judas. So I read this book sort of in the same kind of frame of mind where it's religious, but at the same time, um, just entertainment value. Like I, in the back of my head, I always had the notion that a father and son created this comic. So seeing the actual comic in my hand and reading the story, um, I was very pleased with it. I love the artwork, that amazing splash page um, there was one splash page that was just amazing. Like, I think it was the entire angel in, with the wings and everything. It was really awesome. Um, I liked how angry some of the characters were. And I'm like, like Kristen, I'm like, just burn it all down. Just, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know what army, I don't care. Let's burn it all. Change, you know? Um, so, uh, I saw very dark things in humanity in this comic. Mm -hmm. But I also saw some good things, too. So that was kind of like a very, on the entertainment uh, status, I, I found it very pleasing, including the artwork. And then when you said that it was a one-shot, but then it wasn't, because when you said one-shot, I'm like, wait a second, it did not end like a one-shot, because <laughs> I'm like, there were still many more people yeah. to kill. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what um, I think, uh, I think, because he had like five comics on his table, so maybe he was talking about the other ones being one shots or whatever. And I just kind of kept that in the uh -huh. back of my head. But like I said, I don't exactly remember. It was in November. And so um, and we're just reviewing it now. But um, I do remember very well that he said that this one, this is why I bought it was because it was a, a comic book he created with his dad. So that's that's the reason I got this book. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it on that. But I do, I do see what you're coming from, Jen. And when you talk, started talking about it, I'm like, oh shit, she's right. Yeah. But, but again, I, 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 I'm like, oh damn, it's so true. Uh, but again, I read it in the whole purely like watching the seventh sign or, you know, like warlock or whatever, like it, like totally entertainment purposes. So for that reason, I liked it. So are we ready to rate it? Yeah. You go first, Jen. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it. The artwork was impressive. Uh, I will say that. Uh, it was very well detailed and it very much fit the tone of the book that they were trying to go for in that black and white uh, pencils and ink way. So I'll give it a one concha. You get one concha for the art. <laughs> so this is Kristen and I'm, again, like I said, because I am just at a point where I'm like, what we're trying so hard out here to you know we're protesting and we're voting and all this stuff but we're just at a point where it's like yeah just burn it all down and that's how i read it and the book just spoke to me in that sense 
So I will give it, I would have given it two conchas, but you guys know I don't like black and white. So for that reason alone, it goes down to one and a half. <laughs> well, this is Sarah, and I'm going to give it two because I really like the artwork. Uh, I really like the fact that a part of what, what was the selling point was a collaboration with his dad. And uh, thirdly, I, I really love the story because of the entertainment I got. And because, yes, I felt like Kristen said, in the times we're living right now, it sort of like just burned the world down. And um, I'm so here for that. So for me, it's those conchas. All right, guys, that has been our review of Messenger by Dummy Comics. Kristen, what are we reviewing next? So now we are reviewing Gordo the Teenage Flying Saucer, which is a book that we picked up at East LA Cape last summer. Uh, <laughs> the memories of chicharron and tacos oh. and agua, uh, no, agua um, uh, café de olla, conchas, <laughs> la monarca. Yeah, tam mm -hmm. Oh, that so, burrito con de nopal. Oh. oh my god, yeah. And then they ran out of. Anyway, it was amazing. It was. It was. <laughs> so, um, we picked this up at um last year's convention, and it is written by um the the founder of the uh convention and um, Peter Malini, and he co-wrote it with um Acedo what was his first name I don't know Jose? Miguel Miguel. Oh, Miguel Miguel Acedo, Miguel Acedo. who is the uh co-creator of Pone Noir yes so um we were very excited to pick this book up and a quick little introduction to Gordo himself. Meet Gordon Gordo Guerrero, your average 13-year-old from the small desert town of Stardust. He loves comic books, Grindhouse, and B-movies, and good sloppy Joe. Hmm, who doesn't? <laughs> yes. He was a normal kid with everyday problems, but that all changed when a flash of green, with a flash of green light from the sky. So um, we, that is your little like intro to the story and um he uh it all it all goes terribly wrong when gordo sneaks out of the house one evening so and then <laughs> hijinks ensue <laughs> and this takes place i guess in a make-believe town of stardust usa mm -hmm. which kind of looks to me like maybe arizona somewhere like uh, yeah, it's always I, Arizona. It's a it's a it's the Mojave Desert area, New Mexico, Arizona, or Nevada. Okay. Yeah, I just picture it as like a a, a fictional Roswell. Yes, definitely. Yeah, pretty uh -huh. much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and actually, uh, so as Kristen mentioned, Peter Malini and Miguel Acedo were the ones who read it, but it was also illustrated and lettered by Valeria Ontiveros. Oh, uh, yes. And edited by Juana, uh, no, sorry, Joanna Morales. Oh, okay, nice. So mm -hmm. that, to me, sounds uh, like a full-on Latino crew, creative team on that book. That's yeah. awesome. Yes. Yeah. And um, it was, I really enjoyed it. It was really cute. Um, mm -hmm. um, and it's, what, a, what a, I like most about it is how simple the artwork is. But it's still, but the it's still so so expressive. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
like there's there's not super terribly complicated backgrounds, but the faces for the characters are done extremely well. Uh, yeah, agreed. I love the art. The art is so cute. I'm such a fan of like cutesy little chibi type uh, art. And even though this isn't chibi per se, it's more in that genre of, of like creative um, type. And I really, really like it a lot. I, I think it's so cute. And this is an all ages book, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it read really well. I really love the humor behind it. Um, I like the story it developed. Um, I like the artwork. Um, I love the characters. I believe there's the, um, uh, so this kid was gonna go see the media shower with a friend of his who's older. Yes. Yeah, and no, he- I don't know if he's older, they never really specified, but um, uh, Gordolo was gonna go see, yeah, he was gonna go see a meteor shower with a friend. But his mom forbade it because she couldn't go with him. Uh, and yeah, and, and it she was didn't like, want him to, to go alone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, he, of course, didn't pay attention and decided to bike it to there. But uh, he was hit with something. Uh, and then uh, that something turns out to be a flying saucer. So he was hit by an alien. Grandma got run over by an alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and whatever, whatever the spaceship is, it seems to have possessed him and given him powers mm -hmm. uh, and communication uh, because uh, it seems that the flying saucer was sentient uh, and it, it had with him a passenger called Cece? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. yeah. um, um, but, okay, uh, have you guys ever watched Ben 10? No. Long time ago when I used to babysit uh, mm -hmm. kids in my yeah. college years. <laughs> same. Uh, well, not same, but I have s smaller siblings and I would watch uh, stuff with them. And that was one of uh, the ones that, one of the things that they watch. So this kind of feels a little bit like that. Um, uh, but it's definitely its own thing. I This could 100% be like a Cartoon Network show. It oh, Yeah. Like, what i'm oh, yes. saying uh -huh. it's 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 super it's super funny it's it, the art style is super cutesy and it's just and i love the premise uh about it because it seems that they are uh you get little hints of stuff uh that's there that can definitely is leading on to it being like a huge thing but uh the gist of what you get is that gordo is protecting the earth from other malevolent uh um uh, alien aliens coming and possibly destroying it so it's mm -hmm. just him like going around and making sure everything's safe while still trying to keep it under wraps to his mom that he is now a fly a sentient flying saucer <laughs> <laughs> yeah That's and um, i like the how they uh duplicit the mom i think she has like two jobs which is kind of kind of how we grew up with the mom having like multiple jobs just mm -hmm. to keep a uh, you know roof over our heads and stuff. So mm -hmm. I really, I really like that the, the little nod to like how we grew up, which I thought was really cool. So she's often saying, "Don't go out, like you know, just mm -hmm. do your homework, eat, and go to bed." But of course, he doesn't do that. Uh, he's off fighting monsters, which I thought was cool. <laughs> mm. Well, it's very um, reminiscent of a lot of the teenage superhero stories that you hear uh, or that you that you read, like, um, for example, Miles and 
um, Kamala and um, even mm -hmm. uh, Spider-Gwen, like they all are trying to lead double lives where they have this teenager life where they're, or even Kinsa, where they have this teenager life and they have to go to school and they have friends and all that stuff. But then they also have to save the world and fit all of that and then <laughs> fit all of that into your teenage angsty years on top of it all so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it um, definitely it, follows that trope but yes it's there's a reason it's a successful trope it's because it's it seems to resonate and it's charming uh yeah. in its own way um, um so it's it definitely has that trope going on which is why it never i was looking and flipping through it and i don't know why i thought the mom was a nurse but it that seems to be like a very common like job for most <laughs> yeah. of these teen superheroes is that the mom's a nurse or it's some other like late night working um, yeah. uh, shift kind of job um, um so i that's just i don't know why i thought that but i just thought she was a nurse yeah. but then i was just like no miles mom's is a nurse yeah. and uh, someone someone else's mom is a nurse but it's very much like a kind of like uh if, if you're a nurse and you have, and you have, if you're, if you're a single mom and you have a kid and you're a nurse, your kid's probably a superhero uh, on the, Just on the FYI. down low. Just FYI. Just FYI, your kid's probably, he, he's not selling drugs. He's a superhero. superhero. <laughs> well, I thought this comic was completely fun. Um, like it's all ages. It's something that I could share with, you know, little kids and stuff. And uh, these, all the characters are super endearing and lovable. Um, I, I don't see not one of them that I would actually hate, uh, including the telepathic Mercurian worm, you know? <laughs> but, um, but it was just a lot of fun, a lot of fun to read. Mm -hmm. And you it, can actually, it was. Yeah, actually, you can follow them at teenageflyingsaucer.com. And they're on Instagram at Teenage Flying Saucer. So um, if you guys want to maybe read it, I think they have um, maybe one or two pages available for you guys to read or peruse. Um, definitely check that out. I, I really enjoyed it. Nice. So um, we really don't want to give a lot of the story away because it's, you know, it's really simple. Kid saves the world, you know, has friends, has family, has this great relationship with the uh, the the flying saucer and cc and it's it, all these cute hijinks ensue and it's just a, really adorable an adorable book i wonder how he came up with this idea we should ask them <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally so cute. our next las platicas is going to be <laughs> us asking <laughs> um so are we ready to rate the book yeah yeah well, I'm going to give it tres conchas. I really thought it was super cute. Loved it. Um, loved all the little Easter eggs, like the mom being hardworking, having two jobs, and like the the relationship between Cece and the kid. I forgot what the kid's name. Gordon? Gordon? Gordo? Gordo el Gordo. Gordo el Gordo. Gordon Gordo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I loved it all. It was cute. So this is Kristen. I am also going to give it um, tres conchas. I... I really loved the artwork. It was very um, uh, just like fun and it really went well with the adventure um, aspect of the book. Um, I really love that it is an entirely Latinx creative team. And um, 
the fact that there's just so, like Jen said, there's so much that these characters could do that it could easily just continue on to a, an ongoing series um, for quite some time. So um, I will give it tres conchas. Uh, this is Jen, and I'm honestly a little stuck between two and three uh, because I fully expect them to blow me more away uh, yes. with, if there's a next issue, which I'm pretty sure there is going to be. Um, um, and I kind of want to see where um, uh, uh, Valeria's uh, art's going to go because she's she's very she's very talented. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I feel like she still has even more room to grow and to expand, and I can't wait to see that as well. So actually, as talking about it, I have settled. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it two conchas. But I really do honestly mm -hmm. enjoy enjoyed it a lot, and I loved it a lot, and I think it would make like a perfect gift for a kid, uh, especially if you know that one of your kids likes Ben Ten or is into space and aliens and stuff like that. Uh, I think this would be a perfect gift for them. Um, uh, so dos conchas for me. Awesome. Okay. All right, so we're reviewing one more book. What are we reviewing uh, now? <laughs> we are reviewing Deep Ender, uh, and it is by John Lees and Jules Rivera. Uh, and uh, John Lees wrote it, and Jules uh, drew it, um, illustrated, and it uh, it has a small synopsis in the beginning, and it says. Six months after a traumatic near-death experience left him terrified of the water, Ollie Stiggle signs up at a rundown local swimming pool, locked in baths, in hopes of conquering his fear. Introverted and anxiety-ridden, Ollie struggles to make progress, but a chance encounter with another new arrival at the pool will force him out of his shell. So, um, we know Jules. We've seen Jules uh, in a bunch of conventions. Mm -hmm. And she's she's got a great explosive personality um, um and uh she's friends with a lot of the people that we know i yeah. think this is the first time we're actually reviewing anything of hers and it's been a long time coming because we have her books we just haven't gotten around yeah to reviewing them. <laughs> well, um, and, well, um, one of the other things with her books is like we'll have like issue two uh, of one of her books or we'll have issue three of another of her books so oh yeah that's one of the um, things that we like uh i'd like to yeah, have like one two and three per se you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe that we talked about that is that we wanted issue like an issue number one. We didn't just want to jump in on a issue number two or three and be a little lost. Um, uh, you know, we never had an issue number one of hers, but then but we managed to scrounge this one up uh, from a time. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember when we when we got I, I think it was um, East LA Cape as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I picked right. up one there too, but I don't remember which one it was. It might not have been a number one. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think but I who, got like issue two of Misfortune High, so, but then mm -hmm. it's issue two, so it, anyway, that's yeah. one, one of the main reasons, but uh, we were able to find this one, it's the first issue, and we're able to now review it now, so I'm excited. Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, sorry Jules, it took us this long to <laughs> review it, but we are reviewing it, and uh, I will be the first to say that I really enjoyed it. Um, mm -hmm. um, I knew Jules Drew. I just had it and I and we had it and I just but I just never flipped through it but I really really liked her artwork yes. uh, it, it she's got kind of like um, um oh god it's it it's more she's great at facial expressions yes mm -hmm. especially with like without going like um, um 
for one of the one of the characters uh, that in the beginning that we talked about. What's her name? Sylvia. Sylvia Morena. Sylvia. Yeah, Sylvia Morena. Um, uh, she is she, there. We, we don't fully see her face at all, but she does a great job of like expressing it and of the main character Ollie. And it's a it's a very bright colors as well, which yes. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed. Um, uh, so I I don't I don't know what I've been expecting, but uh, but I I loved it. I loved her artwork. It was, it's great. Yeah, I definitely love the artwork. Um, I love the bright colors. I love um, how easily. I don't know, like the shapes. She just draws people really well. It's really fantastic. Um, I I thought the artwork went extremely well with the story. Um, mm-hmm. The story writer has a interesting and cute, and I wouldn't say cute, but really clever sense of humor. And I saw it throughout the book. And yeah. there are some times that I laughed out loud because some of the stuff was just kind of really funny. Um, and I like the narration portion of it because you can understand what the char- the main character Ollie is feeling throughout the book and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved how he was enamored with Sylvia Morena, how she mm-hmm. described the different uh, groups of people in the pool, how he described the gym in general was just like fascinating and gross at the same time. So I yeah. loved it. <laughs> it was it was really well written and I think the artwork really lent itself to tell the story as well. So yeah. I really, I was really impressed and I really liked this book. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I was I was just going to say um, a lot of what I agree with a lot of what you both were saying and I have seen this book kicking around in our box of to do um, and to <laughs> for a very long time. And I don't know what I was expecting because I didn't know what it was about because I, I'm not the one I don't think that bought this one. So I um I didn't have a elevator pitch given to me or anything um but I was very 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 pleasantly surprised not just with the storyline but also with the art and I mean when it comes down to it this book is about um a dude who is suffering from depression and anxiety uh, and post-traumatic stress yeah, and put like he he drowned. Yeah. That's ter- I don't know. So when I was first learning to swim, um, I uh my high my high school actually uh had like a contract with the um because uh, I I went to school near um uh, the science center and the mm-hmm. ex and uh, Expo Park right there uh and the Coliseum and there's there's um uh, a swimming there's th- they actually have three actual olympic sized swimming right. pools because uh-huh. they they were used they, they the were olympics. built they were used for the olympics yeah. but now they've kind of made it community based mm-hmm. and so they work with a lot of the high schools and schools in the area to give swimming lessons right. uh so i went there uh and i accidentally fell into the deep end <gasps> oh my gosh yeah and it was terrifying yeah uh, and the the lifeguard the lifeguard saved me um, uh, and, uh, and I wasn't there for long, but for that brief moment that I was in there and I was like, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was terrifying. And I actually didn't want to learn how to swim right, uh, yeah. after that. But my P, my P teacher, cause he's the one who was working with us. Uh, he was just like, you're going to be fine. This is the kiddie pool. You're taller than the, the, the <laughs> and then after that, after slowly through, throughout the year, um, I built myself up to going back to where I had first like 
uh, fallen in. And by that time, I was able to swim and, like, uh, go all the way to, I think it was, like, fucking, it was deep. It was, like, it was so deep that the water was dark blue. Yeah, because I think that particular pool was used for the diving uh, competition. So it has to be deep. It has to be like super deep, so that uh that one it, yeah it was deep and um but so I while reading this I perfectly understood how Ollie felt because it's mm-hmm. terrifying to like you can't do anything you can't breathe right uh, so it's uh it but that was, I was just maybe under for like fifteen seconds at most before the lifeguard was just all like oh shit and like dragged me out. Uh, this dude was like near death experience, so I was just all like, "Damn, that's a uh, like that's rough." Yeah, and the cool thing was uh, when he had the conversation with Sylvia, uh, she addressed how she actually was impressed and admired him for his strength because um, he didn't give up. He kept going at it, and going at it, even though every time he stepped in the pool, it was an anxiety attack, panic attack, right. and but he yeah. he. He pushed through that because I'm not even sure why he did that. He didn't really even have to, but he did it. And mm-hmm. that shows a lot of character. And she, she, even though he was admiring her mm-hmm. uh, from afar, she was truthfully also respecting and admiring him because, um, because she felt that, like, how could he come back again after what had happened to him? Yeah. And he, mm-hmm. and he goes, and you kept coming back and you kept coming back and, you know, that's, that's, that was a, a, a very kind of uh, important part of what uh, I, I would think is a relationship to blossom in future mm-hmm. uh, issues. So I, I really, I, I thought that was really deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed both the writer and the illustrator's depictions of the very, very unique characters that hung out at that, (laughs) at Uh at the pool. At the the community pool. Yes. I mean, the the, uh, sense of humor that you were talking about, Sarah, I think definitely Mm -hmm. came across in um, the character, well, not really development, but the character characters that were presented to us um, there. And I just, uh, I thought it was such an interesting premise of backdrop and environment to tell this very, very serious story. Um, And so I actually don't know if there are any other, I mean, when it comes to indie comics, uh, issues, it could be years. In yeah, issues, issues come out very slowly because they either have other projects they're working on or they have a, a day job that keeps them busy. Uh, but I would really love to continue reading this series. Oh, honestly, absolutely. I was honestly really blown away by how how funny and uh, at the same time how deep uh, mm-hmm. this comic was written because it spoke about trauma it spoke about anxiety but it also was just all like hey you had like a great supporting cast of funny <laughs> characters yeah. uh the the grandma who kept trying to <laughs> grope him as he swam by and all that yeah. stuff I, that was that was really funny because uh um i like once i learned how to swim i actually uh up until like uh like two or three years ago I used to go to a community pool here all the time with my siblings. Um, uh, I used to swim a lot, but 
because uh, I really I really enjoyed it despite the, the almost like near drowning experience that I had because uh, it was it was really relaxing and in the book he yeah. talks about how he went he goes so much that eventually he started actually to enjoy swimming and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah um, um but uh I went to two different ones that I would frequent a lot and there was one that was uh by uh that was by a grocery store and it was this one was an open uh out in the open pool and the other one was like a like an indoor pool mm-hmm. that was just a, a little bit further but that one had nicer facilities uh and um uh, the other one that was open did not have such nice facilities and uh, <laughs> it was a, it was recommended that uh that we basically don't even shower there like just go home <laughs> don't, oh. don't shower in the showers <laughs> um um but that one always had quite um uh, we well, I we do me and my siblings would usually go either after school or during the weekdays, and there was always like a group of people who we kind of vaguely recognized who would be there. There was usually parents uh, trying to teach their kids how to swim, and then there was like some of the, like you could tell some of the kids who like actually went to, like whose school whose school probably had a swimming pool, uh, and they would like race each other, and then um, uh, and then there was like some older people who were just all like like doing it for exercise and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I don't know that that reminded me and it made me a little bit nostalgic because I wish I could go back to the community pool but they're of course closed right now yeah uh, and, uh. and it reminded me of the fact that um, uh, I, I actually really did enjoy swimming a lot and I kind of miss it and I wish I could I wish I could go swimming but I can't go <laughs> I know I do too right now as I'm sitting in my own butt sweat yeah Yeah, you know uh i took my nephew swimming um at this uh pool that's like down the street not down maybe a few blocks down and um every summer i get like the memories on facebook and they're all about us in in the pool and i'm like i miss swimming I know I'm about to buy me one of those little kitty ones and just sit in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually thought about making one out of a tarp and pallets. So you oh. put pallets and then you put the tarp, you create a square and then you could fill it with water and you just waddle in there. Yeah, well, we can do it in the back of Eddie's truck. <laughs> yes! Oh, so true. Oh my God, why haven't you? Why haven't you? <laughs> That's funny. The tarps are on sale at Costco for like 24 bucks. There's two of them. Do it, Kristen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all that is to say, are we ready to uh, rate the book? Yes. So I'll start. This is Kristen. I will give this book Tres Conchas. I really, really liked it. I loved the artwork. I loved the story. Uh, I, like I said, would continue reading it um, and want to continue reading it to know um, the character development of Ali and um, maybe the relationship uh, that develops between uh, him and the girl at the, what was her name? Carmen? Sylvia. 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 <laughs> um, and also to, to find out if we get any backstory behind any of the other characters that are there uh, at, the, yeah. at the pool. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you got a bunch of crazy characters. I mean, <laughs> just starting from the manager who's an ex-meth addict. Like, yeah. wow. <laughs> who, who, plays, who plays three different personalities Yeah. Uh, while there. He's the lifeguard, he's the manager owner, and he's like the security guard as well. Uh-huh. So that, was, that was really funny. Um, um, 
so yeah, quite quite a cast of interesting characters. Yeah, um, this is Sarah, and I'm gonna give it tres conchas as well. Um, it kind of when I first started reading it, it gave me the feel of underwater welder. Uh, I don't oh, know, yeah, sort of kind oh, of like in the, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in that serious water-based story. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this one has a lot of um, kind of uh, like I said, it was uh, the the comedy aspect of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think takes it to a different level, and I love the artwork, and I'm certainly would love to get like a trade paperback to read the entire story Mm -hmm. just straight all the way through so i would definitely continue reading it i give it tres conchas yeah this is jen and i'm gonna agree with uh sarah and kristen i'm giving it three conchas i really enjoyed it i was surprised by how much i enjoyed it uh and i definitely want to know uh how this ends up that uh whether they become they become actual friends whether they go out with each other or whether they just become swimming buddies Mm -hmm. or anything i i want to know uh it was uh it it was written really well it was funny it was surprisingly deep and the jewels artwork is 100 percent amazing so i'm gonna give it three tres conchas cool right on so guys that was our book review for today Three comic, single-issued books. Thank you. And now it's time for On My Radar. Jen, what is on my radar, your radar, our radar? (laughs) So On My Radar is uh, on Netflix. uh, All the seasons for uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, Legend of Korra, are up for watching. So if you guys have watched Avatar The Last Airbender, all of it, and are excited for more, I 100% recommend watching Legend of Korra. It was great. Um, uh, and I've actually been re-watching it. Um, uh, one of my friends has been live streaming it and we've been watching it as a group uh, via Discord. And um, uh, I just, I remember distinctly not liking the second season the first time it came out. But after re-watching it again, I was just like, oh, hey, it's actually like pretty good. Um, uh, I actually did enjoy it. Uh, we're going to start season three soon-ish, probably either, if not today, then tomorrow, definitely. Uh, but I have been really enjoying rewatching it uh, and 100% recommend uh, that other people should watch it. If you have not watched Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend that series. It's a great series. It's Yes, it's a cartoon. Yes, it's from, it was from Nickelodeon. But it was a well-made cartoon that is still very highly upheld. And Legend of Korra is a, definitely a worthy successor. And um, um, and it's very well-written and very well-animated. Uh, That's awesome. Nice. I haven't even started watching the first one. But now that you give it your <laughs> thumbs up, I'm definitely going to look into it. But yeah, what no, about definitely. the movie? We don't talk about the movie. <laughs> why did you... Why, why, <laughs> Why did you taint I'm it? So, I'm sorry. What movie? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, what? There's no movie. ¿Cómo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a movie? Sorry. I don't know her. <laughs> well said, Jen. Well said. <laughs> and now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? So today I have a book that just recently came out. Um, its release date was August 12th. And it is a book that was published by Drawn and Quarterly. And I really want to get this book and read it. It sounds so amazing. Um, and it definitely deserves everybody's support. Um, forgive me for botching these Korean names, but this is the synopsis of the book. 
Lee So Yun, Myung Ok, and Young Jung are all mothers in their mid 50s, and they've had it. They can no longer bear the dead weight of their partners or the endless grind of menial jobs where their bosses control everything down to how much water they can drink. Bored with conventional romantic dalliances, these women embrace outrageous sexual adventures, mishaps, and ending up in nightclubs, motels, and even the occasional back alley brawl. With this boisterous Damn. and darkly funny manhwa, which um, just basically means a uh, South Korean comic, um, Yong Shing Ma devised the norms of the traditional Korean family narrative, offering instead the refreshingly honest and unfiltered joy and story of a group of middle-aged moms who yearn for something more. I already love it. I feel like this is my. <laughs> I feel like this could be my story. Back alley brawls. I'm there. <laughs> The book is actually called Moms. Um, I think maybe I, I missed that and didn't even say it. But um, it is um, it is a drawn and quarterly um, published product. And it was $29.95 um, was the uh, price uh, when it was released. And you should be able to go to your local comic shop and order it. Um, and it just came out last week, uh, August 12th. So um, hopefully Diamond still has some available, but if not, maybe you can go online to Drawn and Quarterly and order it directly from the publisher. That's awesome. That is super cool. I, I mean, I, ca I can't wait to read something like that because I'm like, um, I've watched uh, movies where, you know, traditional Korean moms are like really concerned about their kids getting married and having and studying to have a good job, you know, kind of thing, like really focused on those things. Yeah. And for them to, for this book to be about frustrated 50-year-old moms uh, just have had it with their, you know, spouses and find themselves in, in nightclubs and brawls. I'm there. I'm so there. <laughs> 50's the new 30, they say. I believe it. I believe it. It better be, damn it. I know! <laughs> It's time for saludos. And today, estamos saludando a Ginger Rabbit Studios. We Yay. have our, we had our second ever interview up on YouTube on Las Platicas, our new YouTube channel, Comadres y Comics podcast. And our second interview is with uh, Ginger Rabbit Studios with Julie Speziani. Yes. Thank you for helping me out with the last name. <laughs> uh, but yes, she was so much fun to have on on our new YouTube channel. We had such a great time. Uh, we could have chatted forever. Uh, and she was just super talented uh, and it was just really great. So if you guys have not seen the interviews we have, please go over to YouTube, um, look up Comadres y Comics uh, podcast. And we are the very first ones to come all the way at the top. Just click on that, uh, like and subscribe, and also <laughs> check out our interview. If um, if perhaps you're not able to see the video version, maybe you could have it in the background and just listen to the chatter and the, the questions and the awesome advice that our interviewees have for us and for everyone. So please enjoy that and saludos again to Ginger Rabbit Studios. All right, guys, it's time. It's that time again, the end of this episode. Uh, where can they find us, girls? 
You can find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres y Comics. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres. You could always email us directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com. You can now find us on YouTube, like we said, uh, Comadres y Comics Podcast. We have two videos up. Um, also, uh, we're looking for reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, so we can put them on an ad that's going to be running on a comic book from Mashbone and Grifty by Meats. Um, please do review our podcast uh, for a chance to be on the printed page. Um, <laughs> also, you could always, always find us in other amazing, 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 awesome podcasts for women, for uh, by women, for everyone at period. It's not at, it's www.periodnetwork.com. And there you can find uh, an amazing assortment of uh, podcasts by women for everyone. Uh, we have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.